Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. This week, we are going to talk about a, a particular topic to start with. It's quite a, a popular topic these days, especially in, in property training circles, and it is rent to rent. And Stuart, I know you've been working on some, some new rent to rent deals of late, but first of all, as a, as a fully fledged property owning landlord, mm. why are you now looking at rent to rent? It's a good question. And the simple singular word answer to that is cash flow. And, and the reason for that is that, as you, you're right, in, in the owned portfolio that I have, probably have pushing 40-odd rooms now, which does provide a, a certain amount of, of cash flow, but it comes with quite a lot of cost, including mortgage, mortgage costs and maintenance costs. What my business needed was an injection of cash flow, but without the capital injection. So typically, I work with investors and they will provide sums of money. And spookily enough, they want something in return for investing that money, which comes in the, the form That's of... That's a crazy idea. <laughs> Who would want that? <laughs> it comes in the form of interest. So I then have the interest of, of, the, of the, the borrowing for the investment, also the, the interest of the, the mortgage that we're paying. So what I was looking for was a, a less... I'm going to say less capital intensive. If I'm going to be less corporate about it, I just just needed a, some cash flow that's going to cost need lower amounts of of money to go into the to the deal. So that's that's kind of why I started looking at it. It was something I'd looked at about a year ago, and I did have some interest, and I then decided to focus more on the purchase. But as as you know, as as the property values go up. So does the capital investment. And even when I'm looking at, so my, my purchase properties are around 85% loan to value on average. So you still need 15%. And if you're buying properties from 200 to 300K, you're still looking at anywhere between 25 to 40K deposit, solicitor's fees, et cetera, et cetera. And then typically we'll be doing works on those properties. I've also noticed in the area that I operate in the Southwest, there are more and more properties that are coming onto the market, are stagnating on the market. And the reason for that is that, that they need investment. So I, I saw rent to rent as, look, I can provide the, the solution because I now have the network to be able to do it in terms of I've got the building teams, I've got good tenant find, I have different tenant managers that can find different tenant profiles so actually i'm building up a bit of a network that can start solving that problem and so looked at it again so hopefully that answers the initial question of why okay should i start throwing more questions at you then <laughs> go on let's do it okay so first of all there's there are two broad categories of rent to rent and one is renting a whole property splitting it up into rooms and letting those as um, individual rooms so an hmo so rent to hmo the other one is rent to serviced accommodation so you rent a whole property but you probably keep it as a whole property and um, but then rather than renting it by the month on six months asts or whatever you you rent it by the night so you're sort of splitting it up into smaller rental portions 
and then probably also providing lots of extra services with that so um cleaning when you say and... rent by the night it sounds slightly more slightly more lewd than i think you intend <laughs> oh dear yes that was not what i uh, meant at all and i'm definitely not going into that market just to be clear no no indeed um i, I have heard of sa operators who have been uh, accidentally caught up in, in that market before but uh, anyway that, that that's not what we're aiming for today so my question is what are you rent rent to renting what what's your input and what's your output um in in your intended deals here Stuart it, it's a really good question because you're right that's that that is the standard model the standard model of of where the margin comes from is you would rent a property that would typically be rented as a residential let i.e sold to a single family single person or a couple but just on a standard monthly rental and then you would divide that property up into rooms and rent it by the room and hopefully therefore increase the monthly rent however the market that i'm in is renting from people that already have properties set up as hmos so that does make it more challenging but equally I hope that means there are a few fewer people in the market to do. We should probably explain why that's the case. And this is because the, the area you're in is actually restricted in as much as you, you cannot create new HMOs, can you? I think it's in an Article 4 area. Is that, am I correct on that? You are 100% correct. Right. So that means if you're wanting to, to rent out a property as an HMO, it's nigh on impossible to, to take a non-HMO property and turn it into an HMO. So, so as your input, you have to start with properties that are already HMOs in order to to meet the the planning permission criteria in the area. Yeah, and just for anyone that's interested, because I know there's some geeks out there that do get interested in about it. So I, I looked into because when I hear it's impossible, I always think mm, it's, that's not the case because I'm sure you can. And the truth is, Article Four direction doesn't mean that you can't. It just means it's very difficult. And and they're the words you use. So. Uh, to, to what we're saying is right but I did look into that and essentially what I heard back from the council and again every council's different so this doesn't mean it's the case across the UK but for the council that I worked with what they essentially told me is that if there were an HMO property either side of the property you were looking at there was pretty much a 100% guarantee you could not convert to HMO any of the roads that I look at that are all central town, we're all within a, a mile. There's no, there, you've got no chance of there not being an HMO next to you. In fact, more often than not, there's two. So mm-hmm. I just want to be clear for those people that are thinking about it because Article 4 doesn't mean it's, it, it, you can't do it. It just means it would be extremely difficult to do it, which is why most of us won't look at it because because it gets difficult and if you are buying you don't want to buy and run the risk of of buying a property that you want to be an hmo and then have and you convert for example but then find that you can't yeah exactly i think what the the article four directions generally do is remove a permitted development so so normally you you have that, that sort of permitted development right to to change the use of a property effectively from from a single dwelling to a to an hmo but in a Article 4 areas, that permitted development right has been removed. So in order to change it, you would have to go through a full planning application. Yeah, you have to go through planning permission. Yeah, exactly. And and that involves submitting lots of paperwork 
and probably paying a fee and probably going through a council meeting to be approved. And and of course, it's basically up to the, the council's planning committee. And, and just to be clear, just because you get planning permission doesn't mean you've got a license. <laughs> so people need to know that as well. Because the, the reverse is, is would be more true is that you can go, you could get an HMO license on a property that doesn't have planning to be an HMO. And the reason yeah. I call that one out is because some people could get caught out by that, where if someone's giving you a property, say, yeah, I've got an HMO license, but if they don't have planning, that's legally, that's legally not allowed. So just in another sort of catch-22 moment. Yeah, indeed. I, I think the, the council licensing departments should check whether the, the property has planning permission to be an you'd, HMO. But you'd uh, hope so. Yeah, I wouldn't want to guarantee it. <laughs> no, I, and I certainly wouldn't, actually. I certainly wouldn't because I, I've spoken to to, to part, it's, it probably depends on individual. But anyway, that's a that's another discussion. <laughs> right. So anyway, so you, we got to, as far as concluding that your inputs for your rent to rent deals are already HMOs. So if you're convincing a landlord to let you rent a property as a whole um, in order to then split up into to an HMO to, to, to rent out. So you, you create your margin there. You're probably looking at renting it at a sort of single property price and then renting it out to your tenants at that higher split up rate. But you're renting properties that are already HMOs. So surely you can't be paying that HMO rate, that sort of per room rate, or, or your no. your math just wouldn't work. So yeah, how is this right. how is this planning out? How is this panning out for you? <laughs> well, obviously I think if if you're a landlord and you're entertaining a rent uh, renting it out on on a guaranteed rent because that's what we we will we offer so we'll guarantee the rent for a number of years typically three to five i'm looking more at the five end then there is a fixed term so the first thing that the landlord gets in return is they know that they're going to get that fixed rental but to your point those that are considering that are going to be properties, as we said at the start, that aren't fully occupied. So there's going to be challenges with them. And it could be that they've always held a certain tenant profile, let's say student, and they're not in the prime location now for students, which means they're going to have to transfer to workers. And it may just be that they haven't solved that problem, like I said uh, earlier on. So what I will do is I'll look at the property and it could be that a number of rooms just aren't occupied of those. So typically, the properties we're looking at are, I would say, fewest number, smallest number of rooms is is five, four or five. And we'll find that two of those rooms aren't occupied. So we will then calculate based on, and in fact, I don't, I don't calculate based on those empty rooms. I actually give them an allowance. And just say, okay, let's just assume you've been unlucky and I'll give you a very sort of low room rate and I'll approximate what the room rate would be for them, but I'll take out all of the costs. So essentially, I show the landlord what they're actually getting on that property and I will make what I consider a very fair offer based on that and on the fact that not only will they get a net rental amount from me, but but my company will take on all of the costs. Obviously, there's a caveat to that, which we'll come to, but my company will take on all of the costs, i.e. utilities, uh, low-end maintenance, and council tax. 
So when the landlord gets a payment, the only thing they have to worry about if it's if it's a mortgage property is is that mortgage, which because I play both sides of this fence, I, I see the benefit of that. And I, ha- I too have looked at rent to renting before I decided, decided to do it myself. I looked at it because sometimes just to think, actually, I've got nothing to think about. Someone's just going to give me a, some money at the end of the month. And that company has to worry about whether rooms one, four and seven are full, not me. I'm just going to take my money every month. So, so that's the benefit of, of offering what we offer. Yep. So you've, you've covered it a, a little bit, but I think there's, there's probably more to it. How is your offering as a, a rent-to-rent uh, package different from uh, just a, a letting agent who says, pay, pay me a percentage of the rent and I, I will fill your rooms and that, that's it done. I'll, I'll handle the queries and the, the inquiries from the tenants and take it effectively off, off your hands. But it's a, an agent set up. Um, how is that, that different from, from a rent-to-rent setup? Well, the big difference is it's not, it's not guaranteed rent. So the agent will take their fee, whatever that is, let's say 10% plus VAT. So typically on average, it'll be a 12% rate. But if you've only got four rooms filled out of five, obviously your rent amount that month is going to be lower. And the agent will still take their 12% of the total rent revenues of the four out of five. Our offering, the rent to rent offering is very much a fixed rent service. So for the sake of argument, if we say we're going to pay we'll pay you a thousand pounds a month for the next five years. That's exactly what you get. And if one room is occupied or five rooms occupied, the landlord's rent amount does not change. So that's the major difference. Whereas obviously if you're just using a standard agent, that rent's going to fluctuate if you're not filling those rooms. Cool. And from your point of view, you're not setting yourself up as an agent in this situation as well, are you? You're you're looking at having other people sort of on the ground do the day-to-day management of the property so you're you're very much looking at it as a a different approach to to being a letting agent yes yeah although it's an interesting point because it's something we are looking at because my company is taking on without getting too technical it's it's like a, a management lease so my company is is in effect the agent as well as the tenant, if you like. But then, of course, we are subletting, which makes it. And the tenant, so at the moment, it will be my company that acts as the agent and we, we employ a tenant manager. Yeah, okay, okay. So, yeah, I was thinking sort of uh, from the point of view of you personally, you're not going to be taking on the, the agent roles. But, um, but yes, of course, you're not contracting an external agent. You're contracting a um, a another person within your organization to do those yeah absolutely right yeah you're right so i personally am not undertaking that i i can do but it's not my it's not where my best skill set lies so like i said i've got a good network now of individuals that i've worked with for a good few years now that will become part of the company well sorry are part of the company and others that will become part of the company hopefully as we grow and we've just agreed a model uh, agreed a, a relationship at the moment with a, a really good landlord who, who made some very quick decisions i've worked with a few recently where they wanted personal guarantees and excessive 
contracts and you know we've we've had a contract written so we do everything above board as you'd expect but they then wanted personal guarantees and my sort of question was what 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 are we guarantee what do you want us to, what do you want me to personally guarantee well we want you to guarantee the rent i said well but that's that's the model i mean i appreciate not everyone says what they're going to do but this is a rent guarantee model if if i didn't do that then my business wouldn't wouldn't last very long yeah quite i mean if you if you don't manage to deliver then uh, then you end up losing the property yeah so uh, so yeah. yeah um so before we go dig into the details of this particular deal that you've arranged recently how have you been going about finding these deals what's been your your process and approach to to locating the, the properties or the the landlords well there's there's two there's two routes that i've used so far one one has been word of mouth which where a couple of the letting agents that i've worked with and developed quite good relationships with when they haven't been able to fill a room and they've got a good relationship with the landlord they've put him or her on to me so we've been able to have those conversations and the other route is via the the HMO license list. So of the license that we talked about earlier on, I, I am on that register too as a as an owner in that council. There is a a list which you can gain access to. Yeah, it's, it's public. I don't think it's publicly published, but it is um, sort of public data, isn't it? So you can uh, contact the council and request it. Yes. Yeah, and again, council. Some councils give it. For, you, you can ask for access to it, and they'll just provide it. Others, uh, I'm sure, most of them now will just ask you for money. <laughs> yeah, I think some councils actually publish it openly on their on their websites. But, uh, but yeah, I think most most you have to contact and uh, specifically request it. Yeah, I mean that's um, that's my experience is that I've had to specifically request the request the list. And then, uh, you know, I'm able to find the landlords and, and hopefully reach out to those that are that are um, that are amenable. And to be to be fair, I've had a number of, of conversations with people that have been really good uh, about it. And but as with any business, you know, not all leads, um, you know, draw to conclusion because the, the challenge with some of these. And what I've really enjoyed about it, Simon, actually speaking quite candidly, is there's a couple of landlords where I, I went to view their properties and I, I came out of it and I said, look, th this could be a rent to rent option and I could offer it to you. I said, but what you need to do, I said, if I'm going to be, and this is how, just how I work, I just said, all you need to do is fix X, Y, and Z. And this property would probably be much better for you. And they said, well, you know, but would you take it on? I said, I would take it on and I will take it on. But I'm just telling you this, these are the challenges you've got with this property. And this is why you're not, this is why you're not renting it. Mm -hmm. And that bit I've quite enjoyed meeting landlords. And it's, it's quite, it's quite nice to be able to go out and help people. And when, and when you, when you get into sort of rhythm of doing that, where I go out and just think, okay, I'll just go out. And there's one that I'm working with at the moment where I've sort of said to her, look, the reason this isn't renting is because and, and it's not rocket science. It's, you know, there's, there's a hole in this wall. <laughs> this, this hallway needs repairing. And I said, to be honest, for my business, it's too much because we're looking at, uh, I'm just plucking numbers out of the air, but let's say it was 10 to 15K. And I said, look, you know, there's 10 to 15K. I think that's what you need to spend to get this into a reasonable position. And actually, I know people that can quote that for you, and I'm happy to put them in your path. And I've done that. The interesting thing is, 
she the the landlord in this case still came back to me and said look i've quoted it but would you still like to take it on under these agreements so so for me there's an enjoyment around just being transparent and trying to help people because i think people people sort of grow towards that if they see that you're not just trying to to make a quick couple of quid that actually you're just trying to solve problems and hopefully that's what rent to rent is and this is the first one it's quite a big one so i really want to well i've done others but not quite as big as this Mm -hmm. so we'll see how it goes yeah this is the first one in your your current batch isn't it so yeah so yeah let's let's dig into this particular deal then what what's the what's the property like and what are you doing to the property to make it ready for your your new tenants and and what's your your aims with it well the interesting thing is it's it's in the same street in which i own three properties already and it's in the same street it's it's almost directly opposite a property that i'm refurbing to a five bed five on suite so which is another one we need to catch up on soon <laughs> not not today <laughs> not today but to, so to get the decorators to cross the street is not a is not a huge push it's a it's a sort of property well it's in a street where i own three properties so it's a street i like it's a victorian property probably to a turn of the century 1900s property it's eight bedrooms it's it's just one of those where i wouldn't say it's in bad condition it's a, it's a good property it just needs decorating in certain areas it just needs a little bit of added tnc it's one of those that probably last got decorated in anger in in the early 80s so a lot of you know chipboard artexing type stuff which uh so really we're just gonna give give it you know licking a spit really uh just i've got people going in there today and tomorrow to um to just 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 brighten and freshen it up really and we've then got our eye on a market of of workers that we'll go to and we've we've already got some interest so yeah, I mean, typically it's um, yeah, it's, it's eight bedrooms. There's, there's no ensuite bedrooms. There's a, a bathroom on the ground floor, shower room on the ground floor. Then there's a a bathroom on the first floor. So it's it's one of those types of buildings. But generally, it's in it's in fairly good condition. As mentioned earlier, it's it's probably more around the fact that it was would have been typically a, a student let, and therefore that's that's the only market that the letting agent focused on, and the, the the market for students in this area has contracted slightly so it probably now just sits just slightly out of the student market unless it were a, a more top-end product i don't think students would go there and that's where you know having access to, to different markets helps is it coming to you empty no so we are taking um a couple of tenants and we've already discussed with them what's happening and because it's one of those where we're getting into the handover and we could have asked them to leave, but A, we, we don't necessarily need them to leave. And B, given the current environment, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to get anyone moved for six months anyway. But but that's not how we operate. I've already developed a bit of a rapport with the, the existing tenants and just told them that this is what's happening. And being brutally honest, I don't think they've had very much communication from the existing agents because even recently I, I just send messages to say oh this is happening today or that's happening tomorrow usually within 24 hours notice and uh, i just keep getting messages back saying oh thanks i really appreciate this notice and, and 
when I've no- previously notified the agent before I had their contact details, they they were never aware that I was coming on the day I was coming. So I I just said like just just give me your contact details. So 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 of the tenants that are there, a couple are students. So I've just been very clear with them what's happening. Just so said that we are going to get workers in. It should be fine, but we just want to let you know because typically we wouldn't mix those two profiles. Not not for any. Um, insidious reasons but just because generally when you've got households together you want them to be similar whether that's age demographic whatever yeah i mean students tend to live quite different uh lifestyles don't they to uh, the younger workers and yeah they they may not mix cool so um to try and round it off then let's talk a little bit about about financials how much are you actually putting into this property so i mean you said you're looking at, at low capital um, in order to, yeah. to help boost cash flow, but there's never, or very rarely, zero capital. And you've mentioned you're having to do redecoration and, and uh, put a bit of polish on it. So, so what's your your rough sort of upfront investment in in this rent to rent? Yeah, unfortunately, on this one, I can't share the exact details. But in terms of the the cost in, we, we'd be looking at a, you know a few thousand pounds. I would say would cover the costs of of what we're doing in terms of the decoration we also will replace all of the mattresses in fact they've already gone so mattresses beds and then we'll start getting furniture in wardrobes bedside tables and again we'll we'll work on that in terms of as cost efficiently as we can but providing the look so i would say the initial investment could be anywhere between 3 to 5k and that is that is a real sort of ballpark in terms of what i would expect it's not the actual numbers on this project but that's what we would be looking to do then of course we have the utility costs that we're taking on to get all that fixed so you're right you're looking a lot of upfront cost but how we look at this it, Again, if we, we think back to the start of the conversation, and if I were to buy a property well, and I bought in that street, I'm looking at anywhere between 50K to purchase the property. So 40 to 50K just to buy the property. And then even if I'm going to give it a buff and a fluff, let's just say I'm, I'm all in for somewhere around 60, 70 if everything's gone well. And, uh, and that's, that's conservative, I would say, based on what, what I know I've spent in that street. So sixty to seventy thousand pounds for X amount of cash flow. Of course, you've then got the capital asset and you've got the appreciation, etc. Versus somewhere between, let's say, five to seven k upfront costs, but then the the income for the next five years. And I'm very open with the landlords, and I, I say to them quite clearly: Look, I probably won't make money on this for six to twelve months because that's the model and that's how it works. So because whenever we get into conversations about how long, I always explain to them, look, the way this model works is I take on your risk up front of doing the things that you haven't yet done. And you then benefit from getting the fixed income. I will then benefit from this longer term, probably after a year and a half to two years where I'm then making cash flow. But we both benefit because I'll get some cash flow. You get consistent cash flow, which is more than you were getting before. And that's how it works. Yeah, indeed. You're, you're looking at 10% or something of your purchase kind of investment. So you're, you're much lower initial capital involved, but there is some. You've still got yeah. to put money in to, to get going. And then, of course, 
that's going to take a while for that that repayment to to come back to you yeah so um we are pretty much out of time is there anything we've forgotten to talk about that you think's particularly important to uh, to rent to rent deals in general or, or this particular rent to rent deal no i think i think the important thing for me is as always rent to rent is like any business unfortunately you talked about it at the start that it's quite a prevalent thing and i think rent to rent like other property strategies are mentioned as these really simple silver bullets for cash making but like anything that i've encountered in business it's it takes time and effort and yes money and it might be that you can use other people's money but it will still t- take time and effort and other people i know that are doing this and have done it well for at least 3 to 5 years talk about the difficulties of it and the difficulties of making money because you're always working on a tight margin so i i guess i'll wrap it up by saying i don't expect this to be necessarily the cash cow that's going to answer cure all of my ills the, the panacea for all of my problems i know there's, there's time and effort and that's the thing is that I, you know i want to be clear that th- it's going to be hard work you know there's there's a lot of work ahead of us but hopefully will mean that we've got some cash flow coming in once it's all set up but of course the risk is keeping the rooms full so but i think we've covered it off and, and you touched on that cool fantastic then In that case, it just leaves me to say thank you very much to everyone for listening. Please do let someone else know about the Business of Property podcast and uh, point them in our direction. You can find show notes at thebusinessofproperty.com and we will talk to you again next week.